It's the 26th of July, 2022. So in this practice, it's developing sati and sampajanya. These are true qualities which bring great benefit. So sati is mindfulness or recollection. Sampajanya is an all-round awareness. And the Buddha taught this teaching of the Satipatthanas in the Kuru country in India, which um, previously is where is the Kuru country, and now where uh, Delhi is that area. And all of the Kuru people they developed and cultivated these Satipatthanas. And in that place, there was one woman who was also developing these Satipatthanas. And she went to touch a hawk, but she didn't see it as being a bird. What she saw was a skeleton, and she was just touching a skeleton. She didn't see a bird there at all. And what that shows is that her samadhi was really collected and firm. She was contemplating into the body, the 32 parts, and one of those parts is the bones. So this is something that, more recently, the great teachers have taught as well, to see themselves as being bones, to see other people as just being skeletons. It's something that Ajahn Chah had spoken about previously too, um, that he um, would see the other monks as just bones, as just something unclean. And he himself would see himself as just bones as well. And that was through the power of the samadhi there within his mind, and that his mindfulness was really collected and constant. So if we develop and train in this meditation as well, in the contemplation of the body, then perhaps we can see the body as being just a skeleton as well. Or maybe we can contemplate it as just being a bag filled with blood. We can see how if we take all the different parts, all the organs of this body, and put them into a blender and uh, mix them up and blend them into really small parts, refined parts, then what will be left will just be liquid. Or we could see the body as being a thin bag, and if we slit that just a tiny bit, then blood will come out. So we can look at it in this way, or we can recite uh, the Pali phrase, Lohitang Patikulang, that the blood is unclean, this blood is unclean. Contemplate this body as being a bag of blood. We can look at the 32 parts within the body and just take one of those parts, contemplate that and try to see that with clarity. For some people, they're skilled at contemplating teeth. 
they can look at the teeth and see them as being something that's unattractive, something that's always mixed up with saliva. That is the residence for bacteria. These things that we need to always be brushing. And if we don't do that, then they'll become unclean. The bacteria will start eating away at them. And then they develop cavities and we get many problems. We could also see them as being a source of suffering. Have we ever experienced toothache before? And we know just how painful that is, especially if it reaches the nerves. If the teeth decay to the point where it gets right down to the nerves, then that's a lot of suffering. But if it hasn't reached that point, then when they start to deteriorate, and we uh, have fillings put in, or if it gets right down to the root, then we need to pull out the tooth in order to uh, care for the root. So we can see the suffering of teeth here. And if we can see that dukkha then can reach the point of vipassana. But in the beginning we may contemplate them as being something beautiful, because normally we see them as being attractive. And this is really something that's intriguing, how we take these teeth to be attractive. Because they just come from calcium, they're just bones. So why do we see them as being beautiful? If we don't brush them, then in no long time they'll be unattractive. Or if just one of the teeth is too big or too small or one sticks out a bit, then they're not attractive anymore. So we should contemplate this, to see teeth as being something not beautiful. Or we can contemplate into the various bones in the body. There's the skull, and then the spine, and the bones, and the arms, and legs, the hands, the feet, all of the different bones in the skeleton. And we can recite this phrase, um, Atikan Patikulang. You can recite this, that bones are unattractive, bones are unclean, and maybe focus on that image until we see a nimitta, this mental image comes up. And we may, when we see people walking, uh, we may see them as just being skeletons. It's possible for skeletons to walk about as well. So some senior monks, they have used this as their meditation object, reciting Atikang Patikulang. There's one time during the Buddha's period where a husband and a wife had an argument, and so the wife walked out. And she walked uh, past a monk, and then the husband came to look for her and asked this monk, have you seen a woman walk past? And he said, all I saw was some skeletons walking past. So it shows that his samadhi was really firm, that he could see her as just being a skeleton. But if we get to the point where we see the, bra- the bones break apart and just turn into the earth element and break down, then this can get to the point of vipassana, if our samadhi is well established. Perhaps we can see in our mind's eye a tooth, fall out uh, from the mouth. 
and maybe while it's still in mid-air, we know that it's not self. And this is vipassana, we can see the Dhamma, attain to the Dhamma through this. If our mindfulness and samadhi is complete and full. So therefore, this path, it is the path to seeing the Dhamma, to attaining to the Dhamma. So may all of you have a firm belief and conviction in this, a firm faith in developing these foundations of mindfulness. Through taking the breath as our main object, with the in-breath we recite Bud, with the out-breath Do. And when we're well established in that, then you should contemplate into this body and see it as being something unclean again. You can contemplate through this. And if you feel fed up with this, then you can come back and watch the breath. But for some people, when they contemplate the body, they feel a lot of peace come up, that their samadhi really comes together and becomes constant. And they feel, through seeing the body as being unattractive, a great fullness and happiness of heart, their mind becomes radiant. Because if we see the body as being attractive, then that shows that we are deluded, because it's not an attractive thing. But eventually what we see is it just being composed of elements that go the way of nature. It's avijja, however, that gives us this perception of beauty in the body, and that's developed this habit, seeing the body as being something beautiful. And we've never trained to see the opposite. We've never trained to see it as being something unattractive, right from the time that we were born. That's all we've seen it as, being attractive. Or maybe sometimes we've looked at it as being unattractive, but that hasn't gone deep into our hearts. So if we train, however, then we can see the body with clarity when the mind is peaceful in samadhi, when it's firmly established. This develops into wisdom. We can also go through the 32 parts of the body and recite each of those parts within our mind. So we can go through kesa, loma, naka, danta, tacho, tacho, danta, naka, loma, kesa, Hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, skin. Skin, teeth, nails, hair of the body, hair of the head. And go back and forth through these. And we can take um, each of these 32 parts, we can do five at a time, and go through them back and forth, back and forth, five at a time. And perhaps if we have contemplated uh, one of these in the past, and we have that affinity with it, um, then one of those uh, parts may really stick with us. And so we should contemplate that a lot, develop that a lot, really use that in our meditation. And in no long time, the mind will come into peace, into samadhi. For some practitioners, they feel as though they don't need to contemplate a subha, because they understand through 
reading uh, the scriptures, that this body contemplation is appropriate for people who have very uh, coarse lust. If their raga, their lust, is more subtle, then they should contemplate Vedana, the feelings. If there are people with coarse wisdom, uh, who have this wisdom character or disposition, and that wisdom is just coarse, then they contemplate the mind. If that wisdom is more refined, then they contemplate the Dhamma. So they read this, and then they reject this contemplation of the body. They don't like it. They like wisdom instead. But for many people, their defilements are quite coarse. They think that, I don't like this, I don't want to do this. And their defilements are tricking them. And so they follow that, and they don't contemplate the body. They just want to look at the mind and attain to the Dhamma. But their samadhi is lacking. So if we can't yet enter into jhana, if our samadhi isn't really firm and stable, um, then we can't do this effectively. But if we can get into jhana and have good samadhi, then we can contemplate the mind, we can contemplate the dhamma. But we should look at our own samadhi and see what it's like. When we see a form, is there liking, attraction towards that? Do we see that as being beautiful? For monks, if we look into the mirror and look at our body as being beautiful, then that's an offense. We want to know what the skin is like, whether the face is attractive, and that's an offense right there. It shows that there's delusion right there, seeing the body as being something beautiful. We also need to be aware of our character traits and our dispositions. There was one son of a goldsmith who was taught about a suba practice, but he just couldn't do it. He liked looking at things that were beautiful. And so he did that instead, focused on beauty until he entered into samadhi. And then he saw that beauty uh, decay and fade. And there was knowledge that came up, wisdom arose. And that was because he had this character trait for a long time of liking beautiful things. So we need to be aware of our own disposition. What things do we like? If we like something beautiful, then we can try focusing um, on something beautiful, and perhaps samadhi can arise. But if we like bodies, then we should see them as being unattractive. Through contemplating the 32 parts, we can just take up one of those parts and recite that word like uh, danta, danta, teeth, teeth, over and over. Asking ourselves, is it beautiful? Then we can look at that uh, object, that part, and then close our eyes and try to recollect that image, reciting that word as well. And these days, it's easy to find images of different parts of the body. And we can see what are the teeth like, how many teeth are there. There are 
the teeth, um, the upper teeth, the lower teeth. You have the uh, incisors and molars and different kinds of teeth. And how many are there? How many bones do we have in the body? And we can look at them each day. Look at these images. In this monastery, there are some skeletons. So we can stare at those skeletons, the different parts, and do that until that image sticks with us. It sticks in our head. Look at the skull, and then there's all the vertebrates in the spine, and there's the bones and the arms, the legs, and the hands, and the feet. You can see where all of these different parts are, all of the diff- these different bones. And then close our eyes and try to recollect that image, reciting this meditation word as well. And when we do this frequently, look at this uh, frequently, then samadhi can arise. And our minds can gather together. And then we can see those bones break apart. And this is vipassana. So may you try to train in this way, do this a lot, develop this a lot, uh, this practice of mindfulness over the body. So may you, all of you set your hearts on this.